I'm rolling. <laughs> Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1117, July 24th, 2023. 104 degrees was the high on this day in 1941, and 49 degrees was the low on this day in 1891. And yesterday was the uh, anniversary of that superstorm in 1987. When we got 9.15 inches of rain. Oof. How many years ago is that? 1987. 46. 46. 46. No, 36. 36. 36, 36 yeah. 36 years ago uh, yesterday <laughs> was the big, big storm. Uh, if you haven't seen the weather forecast, you've been, uh, uh, you're going to be in for a surprise. We're heading for a really great stretch of the 90s. That means swimming weather. I hope you've contacted Aquaside. Their products are made in White Bear Lake. They've been keeping beaches free of weeds and unwanted crud for more than 60 years. Their products work quickly. They're easy to use. They've been vetted by all of the proper authorities. So go down to the lakefront with your cell phone. Call Aquaside. Yep. Tell them what you're, what you're looking at, what you think the problem is. They'll... They'll uh, confirm that and get you the right products, and your swimming beach will be free of weeds and algae and junk for the rest of the summer. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. We were talking before the show that I need a mallet, and uh, Kenny, Ken, I'm sorry, Ken, <laughs> questioned me as to what I meant. And, uh, the story behind the, and I was going to say, I'm going to go to Fratelloni's to get it. Uh, and he thinks I need a sledgehammer. What I have found happening to me is that I am increasingly a candidate for the products I see advertised on Twitter. Now, I don't contribute much to Twitter. Oh, my But boy, God. do I fall for some of the <laughs> some of the neat stuff I see. For example, I bought the... The bird feeder where the squirrel grabs onto it and just spins around. Yeah, yeah. I have yet to see a squirrel on that. <laughs> so that, that didn't work real well. The feed is all gone. The birds used it, but no squirrel. And the birds go twirling around on it and don't seem to care. Yeah. The whole point of that was to, uh, dissuade, well, the, to dissuade the squirrels. <laughs> and I haven't seen one one you, squirrel. But there are oh, just dozens of things. And the latest one I got, yes. You are aware that you're falling into the trap we warned you about several, several months ago, right? Which is what? Well, you see, social media, Joe, uses this thing called algorithms, and formerly Twitter, now called X, yeah. is chief among them with, well, Facebook too, but they know what you, the consumer, are interested well, in. I think the Classic entire... cars, things like that. And so the phone is listening to you, not only listening to you, but reacting to what you're looking at. Well, I, I would contest that by pointing out that prior to seeing a an ad for this twirling bird feeder, I had never mentioned it or thought of it. You've never once mentioned birds or bird feeders around mm -hmm. your cell phone? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but 
I mean, routinely on this show. Artificial intelligence apparently thinks otherwise. Mm. Well, the latest one is this cast iron device into which you place a log and you place the log over the, uh, an edge that looks like a knife blade. And then you hit the top of the log with a hammer and you split the log. Bing, bang, boom. In other words, you're not putting a wedge at the top of the log and then banging the wedge while you attempt to hold everything in place. You set the log into this circular uh, hold, and the log is sitting on the cutting edge of cast iron. What are you, alone in the wilderness? It it can't be cast iron. One One blow, it would come apart. Well, whatever. It's some kind of iron. I, I don't know what it is. Huh. Like a, it's the same stuff that a, maybe a fireplace grate is made out of. Wouldn't that be cast iron? Well, that's neither here nor there. So it's a, it's a do-it-yourself log this splitter. Is so disappointing. I'm so disappointed in you. And and so now I put the log in there. Yeah. And now I need a a a, a hammer to hit the. But I need something more than just a hammer. So I was calling it a mallet, and this is where I'm willing to be counseled. Hmm. I'm Jeff, out. Anyone? I'm out. Three to five pound hammer. I don't know. Three to five pound How hammer. How about a hatchet? I don't want a hatchet. Okay. Now, it was either that or the other device that has me just agog is a drill bit that you put in your drill no. and, it, and it splits the... Whatever you do, do not get that. Okay. I used to have one of those that you, you uh, hook up to the back of a tractor on a three-point hitch with your PTO, so that cone is traveling at about a billion miles an hour. Yeah, you set the log down the long way, not on the end, on the yeah. you know the long way, and it sucks it up. Yeah, only sometimes the log leaves the tray or the table and starts spinning violently oh, like, a prope- like a propeller. That would be bad. And you don't want that. You don't want a small version of that. You're just buying a headache and probably a broken hand or some fingers or definitely going to tear some nails off. Do not, under any circumstances, buy that. Bought an electric chainsaw. That's not a battery-operated chainsaw? Yeah. No, nothing wrong with that. No, but it it doesn't cut cleanly. It chews. It's well, that's true. because your chain, fast enough? your chain is dull. Well, it's brand new. It's what brand new. What, what brand is it? I don't know. It's a good brand. Get up to Tri-State Bob. No, it's not. Get up to Tri-State Bobcat. Get a steel. You'll never have to buy another one. Steel making electric? Yes. And I'm not buying electric to save the earth. No, it's, it's, it's just convenience. that I, I use it so infrequently. Yeah. No, it's, it's convenience. They're perfect for guys like you. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, just idiot. Yeah, no, a country that's a truck saw. There's nothing wrong with them. They're great saws. Oh, I'm gonna have to get a truck. What else did I get? Uh, you should drive truck to go get yourself a truck but saw. My, my my question goes back to why do you need to split firewood? I had a large uh, birch limb, never recovered from the uh, April snowstorm. Yeah, when we had the heavy wet snow, yeah. that big. Virtually a third of the tree, those those river birches tend to grow up in stalks of three. Sure. And uh, this one never bounced back, and to tie it would not have worked. We examined that. So I had it removed. And okay. I said, will you guys save me the wood? And they said, of course. And they cut me a nice pile of, of wood, and I want to split all that. I want to split that. Why? 
Okay, Grizzly. We have a stove in the back, which is another Twitter deal. There's a <laughs> we have a solo stove, where which are really great because they they ease the conscience of someone like me who thinks urban fires are rude to your neighbors. This one doesn't smoke. Uh, a solo stove has some weird aerodynamic. Mm -hmm. Uh, How often do you use this? I, uh, it's been a year, uh, uh, maybe. Number one, don't get a hammer. Okay. Don't get a splitter. Throw that stupid GD stove in the trash and call somebody to haul away those stupid logs. What the hell's wrong with you? Sit inside in the air conditioning and heat like the rest of us. I wasn't wow. going to have a fire this week. Yeah, just don't do any of it. Just sometimes stop it. kids of just the kids I used to have stay like in the house. Over just stay in the house, Joe. Build a fire later. The, at the night safest and... place for you is on the couch in the house. <laughs> Don't go outside. I got some. Uh, I got some wonderful notes. From... Uh, the, the chainsaw. Yeah. Are you running a chainsaw? Yeah. I've huh. run gas chainsaws. I just really? don't currently have one. Really? Uh-huh. I wouldn't advise that either. Interesting. But when I apply this chainsaw to a branch, it chews it. It doesn't cut it. It yeah, chews it off. Sharpen that chain. Get I'm not sharpening thing. anything. The uh, Your mind. <laughs> I've got some nice notes about our adventure Friday night when there was a town ball takeover of Target Field. I know. A successful we were in the winning lower town council takeover. What did I say? Town ball. Same thing. Well, town council. Not really. Story. I'd rather hear a town council story than a town ball story. And we were on the lower, uh, we were in the first deck yeah. uh, uh, at the very end of the third baseline out there in left field. Right next to the granite wall. Which are yes. pretty good seats. I loved, I, that's the first time I've sat there. That was, that you was know, cool. You know, in that place, there really isn't a bad seat. No. That's the fall ball territory. Oh, tell me about well. it. I damn near died. First of all, I could I had to watch fielders to tell where a ball was going because I could not see a ball leave the bat. Not because we were too far away, it's just because, you know, the old eyes aren't what they used to be. I did follow it, and I was yelling. So I'm sitting there talking to some GLers, and uh, uh, in fact, I sat next to a guy for a while from Red Wing who said, Hey, I got a Chris Craft sportsman, and I said 22 or 18. Does anybody know what I'm referring to? Length? Fo footage? Length. And he said 22, and we had a nice little chat. Oh. In any event, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I hear, Incoming! No, I said coming in hot. Coming, coming in, in hot. hot. Yep. And all I did is cover up in the fetal coward. position. Coward. Well, because like a coward. I'm glancing around after he hit the ball, because there was a couple of kids boxing, next to me, and I said, hey, we're in fall ball territory. <laughs> so, and all of a sudden the ball's in the air, and I realize I'm the only one that can see the GD I fall know, ball. I know, I didn't see it. And I said, coming in hot, and then a couple people ducked. That ball missed you by about six inches. Literally. And I was sitting next to Scott Mueller, my friend from Mueller Mortuary, and he went, damn it. Yeah, he was a little, <laughs> he was a little let down. Who was ended up? Five minutes from calling your house. Who <laughs> grabbed the ball? Well, the ball hit the then it stairs. Bounced. It bounced off the granite wall, and a GLer ended caught the ricochet. Because I took her picture with Rookie and put it on Twitter. Yep. Good. Boy, did I come close. It would have killed me. Yes. Because it was a, you know, it would have knocked you out. It was noggin. way, up, way up there. It was a very and came down, you know, came down fast. like a rocket ship. Yeah, yeah. 
And I was covered up like a big baby. I just put my head in my hands and said, oh, oh, what's happening? And then it bounced. And then the mortician was terribly disappointed. (laughs) Thought he had a candidate right there. And uh, so uh, Josh writes, thanks for hosting the GL Town Council Takeover. It was the first GL event I was able to attend, and you did not disappoint. Uh, it was great to shake your hands. Thank you all in person. Without Kenny, Lord knows where he hid. And he and be reminded that what we hear on the show each day is not a bit. You are all your own unique swell selves. Thankfully, that fall ball missed Joe, so we can continue to enjoy GL for years to come. Well, years. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks again, and good luck. Josh Stensland from Winnebago, Minnesota. Oh. He's yeah. 40 years old with a CI of 43. Josh is the guy that sent that card that I had you read earlier. Oh, from That's the, the same uh, guy. Josh is a great dude. Got a chance uh, to travel And he's a card-carrying member of the uh, town council. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, Josh I, sent... I, I remember this gal named uh, Victoria said, uh, f- uh, Joe, on Friday, our family of seven drove from rural Two Harbors, Minnesota, to attend the town council takeover at Target Field. After listening to you for 30 years, I was nervous to ask for a picture, but you were gracious and kind. Huh? Staff? Staff. Yeah. Oh, that's a first. That's it. Maybe I I met you too late that night. I don't know. (laughs) But then, more importantly, we talked about my kids' names and how they were named after saints, because I asked her. She said she had five kids. I said, did we ever, were they ever marched through the fairgrounds? Baby walk? They're all approved. Vincent, Lucy, Joseph, Michael, and Henry. Hmm. I said, well, you've got no problem there. Uh, Then we thanked you, said goodbye, and went on to have a beautiful summer evening watching the Twins beat the White Sox. Thanks again, uh, Victoria Samuelson. P.S. As a mother of three baseball players, I agree there is way too much time between innings. Yeah, you know what, Victoria? Pat and I are going to start a movement. You can join. It is ridiculous. When you go to youth baseball, they allow too much time in the half innings. It just drives me crazy. And then I get the bad looks from parents when I start to grouse about it. So I'm supposed to shut up when I'm at the games. But give the pitcher two or three pitches and play the damn game. Let's go here. Quit screwing around. So that was... uh, All right. That was uh, Town Ball no, and many other emailers. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. And uh, Jordy sends a sad note. <clears throat> His dreams are dashed. Why? Well, Italy's, uh, Italy has decided that its Miss Italy beauty pageant is going to ban biological males. And he said, there go my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's got to have a dream. Patrizia Miragalani who oversees the nation's beauty pageant, said only women since birth are welcome to compete while she's in charge of the event. Good for you, lady. Good. Good for you. If you want to have a trans beauty event, go ahead. But why should a trans... Because you can get some good-looking trans people. They, yeah. I can see a trans person winning a beauty they pageant. They can tricky sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, stick it to the, uh, stick hey to the gals. 
stick to the gal. What are the different portions of the beauty contest? I mean, do you have to have a skill, um, a stupid human trick? Do you have to play something musical? Do you have to have the most body hair? What is it? I'm unfamiliar, Ken, with, uh, with the Italian beauty pageant rules. I a believe. mustache or a faint mustache? Well, that would wow. go because you would you would be very harshly judged if you criticized a woman with a mustache. <laughs> you'd 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 say you're not being inclusive. I'm just directing all these uh, um, tongue in cheek questions at an Italian gal friend of mine. Actually, oh, yeah. giving her the rib, you know. Well, I personally, I'm thrilled that uh, there would be only women, and I think that could be more common. Than it is, yeah. Then there's no chef surprise, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never looked at it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we call it that, but the chef surprise. Say my new garage door guy is the entire family garage door, or precision garage door of the Twin City, serving the metro in western Wisconsin. Uh, as I've said, they've got to get over before fall even because uh, something's wrong. She closes down to with about six inches, makes a terrible clanging yes. sound, then goes back up. And the next 25 times you close it, it doesn't, doesn't do, do it. that. I don't know what it is. I've searched high and low for a bent piece of metal or whatever. i got to leave it up to them. They'll figure it out. They work uh, 24-7. They don't charge extra on weekends. Uh, they'll do everything, including a new go uh, door if you're upping your curb appeal. Mm -hmm. they'll, uh, they have doors they can... Uh, they can uh, fix up your remote to the car. Anything you need for a garage door. They do it. They do it correctly. They do it the first time, and they fix garage doors correctly. You can get help online immediately from my garage door guy, which is the entire GL family, Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities. Go to precisiondoormn.com and uh, tell them that uh, you appreciate GL family businesses. Since 1985, Air Mechanical has served the Twin Cities for their heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical needs. They can also help you with drain cleaning, duct cleaning, and indoor air quality. Serving the entire metro area. From general maintenance to full install, they got you. Furnace installs, boilers, heat pumps, garage heaters, and more. Air Mechanical employs top-trained tradespeople in the state of Minnesota. They operate with full integrity. They do things the right way, not the easy way. And their Total Solutions membership is like having Air Mechanical on retainer. Keep all of your home maintenance needs in one comprehensive membership. Select one tune-up a year and enjoy benefits like discounted maintenance, repairs, service, and equipment costs. Catch problems before they arise and keep your home's mechanicals running smoothly. We'd love it if you gave Air Mechanical a shout-out for any heating, cooling, plumbing, or electrical needs. Call or book online at thinkami.com. That's thinkami.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Rich, our guy at Maple Grove Lock and Safe, he's giving us two options to save big money this month on Liberty Safes. First, the Franklin sale. Here's the options and the prices. They're all the Franklin sale. The 23, that's gray marble with an e-lock and accessories, 2949 You go up to the Franklin 40, we're talking 3799 And the big one, the Franklin 50. All of these, like I said, gray marble with e-lock and accessories. This one's 4349 Now, you can opt for that deal. It's a pretty darn good deal. Or 
you can opt for the 20% off deal. Now, this is where you step up to Rich. He's the owner. You've met him before. I talk about him daily. Declare your status as a GLer, and right there, he'll say to you, 20% off any in-stock safe in the house. But remember, that 20%, that's just for us GLers. So be sure to declare your status when you meet Rich. Uh, when we, Of course, when we talk about Liberty Safes, we're talking about the very best, best fire protection, best value, transferable lifetime warranties, and professional delivery and setup always available. The showroom for Maple Grove Lock and Safe, 6901 East Fish Lake Road, open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., and of course, they're always available 24 hours a day at maplegrovelockandsafe.com. John, how old is the group Blur, B L U R, English group? They've been around a long time. They they were around weren't they around the late nineties early two thousands I, I I'm I no expert so. on Blur but yeah, yeah. I think so 90s. I don't know anything about them but they have a new album out mm-hmm. and apparently going to go on a world tour they had the woohoo song right wasn't that their big hit yeah they have a new song that's just one of the catchiest oh, new rock and roll songs I've heard in ages. It's called uh, The Narcissist. It's just really great. Hmm. And I only mention that to tell you all I still have it. My <laughs> ear uh, my ear is still good. Okay. I still have it. Your eyes are gone. Yeah. What do you think about that, Kenny? Uh, I think The Narcissist <laughs> likes a song called The Narcissist. No, that's not true, Ken. <laughs> song 2, that's the one I'm thinking of. That was their big hit. Did you guys uh, see that piece on Lucinda in today's uh, girl I section? I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In a very, they've been around since '88. '88. Oh, wow! Yeah. Uh, in a very handsome piece of reporting in the St. Paul Pioneer Press on Sunday, Fred Milo uh, broke down the vacancy rates in the city of St. Paul, and I, I believe this could be a similar story anywhere in the country. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. And there's a great hue and cry by the government, city, state, regional, to come back downtown and fill these office spaces with one problem. What do you got? The government's all working remotely, (laughs) including the mayor who doesn't use his office. (laughs) It really is animal farm down there, isn't it? It really is. In 2017, three years before the pandemic hit, the Minnesota Housing Finance Agency signed a 10-year lease for a floor of office space within Treasure Island Center in downtown St. Paul. That's the old Dayton's, yeah. the old oh, basis, okay. Trio. All right. where uh, the Wild now have a practice facility. Uh, some 10 or 20 employees do show up at the state agency's Wabashaw Street headquarters but upwards of 90% of the workers no longer work from that office. 90%. 90. So there go your drugstores and your lunch yep. counters and, and shopping and whatever because there's nobody down there. Uh, thank you for calling Minnesota Housing, says the recorded greeting on the phone line. Currently, all staff are working remotely and our offices are closed. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> so uh, we can't help you. In mid-2024, both field locations will close. Okay, regardless of... This goes on to say, it's a very long piece, very well done. This goes on to say that uh, the, the same people wishing uh, for some population downtown are the people who are not working downtown. They're working remotely. Uh, at the height of the pandemic, downtown St. Paul lost employers, residents, and workers, leaving nearly one in four offices in downtown St. Paul, some 1.7 million square feet, vacant and available for lease. Wow. Among the departures was the mayor, who after about 18 months living downtown, I did not know that, relocated from Kellogg Square Apartments in late 2022 and moved his family to the city's east side. Okay. I did not know that. The mayor, who declined an interview on the topic, continues to work largely remotely more than three years after the start of the public health crisis. Uh, using his third floor city hall offices in downtown as more of a satellite location than a headquarters as he crisscrosses the city on official business. On-site staffing in the mayor's office appears to be light. Okay. Between ribbon cuttings, community engagement events, visits to local businesses, and meetings at City Hall, the mayor's schedule brings him to every neighborhood in our city, said Kamal Baker, a spokesman for Carter's office. Does he roll up to your uh, your your minimal estate over there and just say hello? Never seen him. Okay. Carter is hardly the only former downtown denizen to prefer remote work. After running the lobby shop, a gift card, a convenience store with a coffee counter in Securian's building for more than 20 years, Pat Wolf saw the bottom drop out when area employees went fully remote in 2020. By late 2022, the lobby shop location was shut down. There just weren't enough people around to make it feasible, said Wolf. Uh, so all these small businesses are dying. Uh, but it, it's a it's a crying shame that uh, this is happening because here's what's going to happen: that that property tax revenue will fall on the citizens. There's not enough money being generated because all these hypocritical frauds don't work downtown, and they haven't for years, and apparently they have no plan to. And uh, commercial properties often pay more than residential properties do. So you, you you don't have them there. You got what you call your ripple effect. Hmm. Suddenly um, it goes to the taxpayer. We all know how the modern-day politician tends to handle matters. How long until the city of St. Paul starts to fine businesses for not having a certain percentage of their employees working downtown? Well, they're already trying to pull a scam where they're, I told you about this, where they're sending people in yellow vests, which apparently gives them a distinction as a... Uh, as some sort of custodian to sweep in front of the restaurants on West 7th Street, and then the city has its hand out and says, pay us for that. Oof. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's that's hush money. Saturday that's protection night. money. That's the equivalent of hobos washing your windshield when you don't ask for it. Saturday night, beneath the uh, Highway 52, the Lafayette Bridge, there was a major truck park get-together. There must have been... 40 trucks that were serving food. Where? Downtown, underneath the bridge. Under so Lafayette? Just past uh, Kellogg, the end of Kellogg. Yeah. And there were people everywhere. There were parking everywhere. We parked up against a 
curb where everybody had parked there. It said no parking, yeah. but it was an event. Yeah. They ticketed everybody. Really? Oh. Yeah, they went up and down the line. Was this the city side of, uh, of the river or the other side? You're, you're, the city uh, side. Matthew, Matthew, you're guilty. In your setup, you admitted guilt. You're guilty. It said no parking. You you can't bitch yeah, about that. Everybody you was there are, and nobody was I don't in the care. way. That doesn't matter. It says no parking. You park there. You're guilty. Take the ticket. Be a man. Pay it. But when your town no, is nope, a nope, skeleton, no, 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 you shouldn't be forcing people. We're getting to go. distracted. We have no. You have no argument. You're wrong. Ken, Kenny, no. uh, quiet. Ken. Everyone, quiet. Uh, in 1963, uh, uh, having temporarily lost their sanity, my parents took all of us on a car trip from here uh, up through Canada down through the East Coast and back home. And I have a distinct memory of, of getting close to the tall buildings in New York and, and hobos, for lack of a better word, materialized from under bridges with dirty rags and started cleaning the old man's windshield. Yeah. You know. Looking for a couple of bucks. And all it did is make the windshield, you couldn't even see on yeah. it when they got done. Right, they <laughs> urinate in those rags. That's yeah. how they get them wet. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> In downtown St. Paul, different corners of the public sector have approached the era of remote work somewhat differently, but most have left it up to the department heads or division directors to decide whether to allow remote work and how often. The majority of our workers, including emergency response personnel, public works employees, water, library, and park staff, were on the front lines during the pandemic. Without an option, said somebody named Baker. Somebody in the earlier in the story. As we continue to recover, the administration has encouraged city departments whose staff work remotely during the pandemic to adopt an office first posture, but they're not. The city council has made it a point to require legislative aides to work from their downtown offices four times a week with flexible Fridays, said Council President Amy Brenmoan. But most city department leaders have been careful not to enforce a strict mandate on their workers given shortages in the labor force. Uh, the great untold story, and I just, it, it won't be done. It just, for a variety of reasons, it won't be done, is that Carter, with no opposition, has bloated his office in terms of having factotums and aides and and 20 people, I'm not exaggerating, 18 to 20 people with invented job titles, you know, director of equity and inclusion, mm -hmm. you know, those, those yep. kinds of things, that you can't measure them for achievement, nor has, has anyone ever decided to measure it for achievement. I think it would be completely justifiable... And I don't know, where, where do you turn? They're all of the same party. There is nobody to put a check and balance on this. But you've got a situation where uh, you've got a, 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 a city government so bloated and taking up so much money that when you want to fix a pothole, they come up with, well, we'll put another tax on the ballot. They don't have the money to do this. These people could not account for what they do. Because, and, and you, you people are certainly free to correct me, you don't do anything. And to compound that, you're now not doing anything from home. Right. 
It would be one thing if you didn't do anything and lived in St. Paul. You might keep a lunch counter alive, but you don't even do that. You don't do anything while you work at home. Right. Are they doing the mayor's job for him? Well, he's so insulated uh, from from being responsible for answering anything that that's one way of saying they're doing his job, but they're not. They're not doing his job because they don't do anything. Rook, look up some of the titles in Mayor Carter's cabinet, and they're all job titles that have been dreamed up, failed academy-like. Right. They mean nothing, and those people aren't, and they all have aides and secretaries, and computers and copy paper, none of which apparently is ever used. And when it isn't used, it isn't being used at their house. What do you want? What do you got? Uh, Jamie Tinchner, Deputy Mayor. Carlos Alboronaz, Constituent Services Coordinator. Okay, I want to know what, what he's the accomplished. Hell is that? I want to know what he does. Kamal Baker, yep, you got a press secretary. Emily Buss, Communications Director. Well, what's the difference between communications and press? Right. Good question. Division, entire divisions. Uh, Probably about 10 grand. Crystal Cruz Williams is director of business engagement. I would love to know what What, Crystal's doing. Have you engaged any businesses? Right. Uh, You do need an office manager. Uh, For what? They're not there. Well, okay. Then Miriam (laughs) DeMello's going home. You know how hard that is, though, to coordinate an office when everyone's working remotely? That's right. You you need paper, paper clips, staples. And then the note on the fridge that's going to be cleaned out Friday. Yeah, you got to clean this fridge out Friday. (laughs) Starting to stink. Uh, John Grebner, political director. Uh, Rachel Greenwald, AmeriCorps Vista Program Manager. What? Yeah. Matt Larson, Chief Innovation Officer. Okay, stop right there. That's a good one. Uh, I don't know Matt. I don't wish him ill. But what the hell has he innovated? What in the of, hell has he innovated? The I, art of getting paid to do squat. Mong Lee, Chief Security Officer. Security for what? Keep They're moving. not there. Keep, keep it moving, pal. Keep it moving. Peter Leggett, chief of staff. <laughs> oh, it's a big staff, too. Uh, Melanie McMahon, executive project lead for redevelopment. I want to know what she's accomplished. What, what, what's the jail? What, what, what's going to go there? Uh, Noel Nix, commun- director of community initiatives. But meaningless. Eric totally Peterson. meaningless. Intergovernmental relations I would, associate. I would like to see you start over with this list, and Joe, for every name uh, and their title, I want you to assign them one thing to do. Okay, start over. <clears throat> All right. Uh, deputy Mayor. Well, uh, do we even need a deputy mayor, <laughs> given that the current mayor, all he does apparently is go to ribbon cuttings? Right. And what... Let me stop right there. Go. What the hell? What, who's had a ribbon cutting lately? What's open that we need a ribbon cutting? Nothing in St. Paul. Uh, Carlos, constituent services coordinator. Um, okay, what do I want he, him to do? He's ordering cookies for press conferences, right? Constituent have, services. You got to have uh, refreshments, don't you? When you're doing the ribbon cutting? Yeah. yeah, you gotta yes. have something to eat after. Yes. Give me his title yeah. again. Uh, constituent Services Coordinator. Well, in, in theory, wouldn't he be the fellow who makes sure that constituents ha- get their voices heard? 
Okay. Uh, you call and you have a complaint about something. Would he take care of it? He's the one that says the mayor's not in. Can we call you back? That, maybe that's it. Or that would be the press secretary's job. That's Kamal Baker right below that. I don't want to play this game. Cut to the names you have. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, too, it's too irritating, right. isn't it? It just makes you mad. Cut to the names you haven't mentioned. Uh, that was Eric Peterson, intergovernmental. Uh, Joan Phillips is executive assistant and scheduler. You do need that. Well, you got to schedule the ribbon cuttings. <laughs> Good old Russ Stark, the chief resilience A officer. A man who has completely disappeared off the face of the earth. <laughs> and then finally, Daniel Yang, deputy director for policy and operations. Meaningless. How Absolutely meaningless. And each of them are probably making over a hun. Full benefits, pensions, the whole deal, and they're not working downtown. He needs about. We have a whole story that says, "Could you please work downtown again?" That'd really help. That's he needs about three of, three of those people. Yeah, he needs about three. The rest of them. I, I did pursue this with George Latimer about three years ago, and Latimer knew exactly where I was going. He said, don't drag me into this. <laughs> and I said, how many people did you have? On your staff. Now, remember, when Latimer was mayor in, what, the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, the Pioneer Press had a fully staffed city hall bureau with at least six people. That makes a big difference. The mayor knew he couldn't get away with very much. He had, you know what Latimer had? Two people. It's he had Dick Broker, who was his idea guy. Okay. And I can't remember the name of the other guy who was his legislature guy. That's all he had. The legislature guy went up and hectored the likes of Sandy Pappas and these other careerists. Uh, St. Paul needs this. St. Paul needs this. St. Paul needs this. And Broker broker could have been what's now called director of innovation, but this guy's mm-hmm. not innovating anything. Broker was an idea guy. Let's do this on the river. Let's uh, let's let's have taste of Minnesota. Okay. Let's do this. Let's do this. Latimer had two people. Two people. It's unreal. Broker, a fraction of what these people are. Broker making. had to have a hell of a gig. I'm seeing a couple of cigars a day, lunch meetings, golf course meetings. He made stuff happen. Little yeah. martini lunch at the Lex. He made yep. stuff happen. That's how things used to get done. These people aren't even known by the pub. These people are not known. They're not seen. They have no influence. They have no responsibilities. This is true, I maintain. This is true. The closer you get, you could go to Seattle and do this same story, I'll bet you. You could go to St. Louis, Chicago. You could go to any big city in the country. And because, remember, this is a theater troupe. T-R-O-U-P-E. This is a theater troupe, and this is backstage at the theater. And they got a lot of downtime. They got a lot of downtime. And, hell, they can't even drag themselves to the theater half the time. They're at home. (laughs) Let's go to Seattle. Let's go to Seattle. The mayor's team. Jennifer Samuels, chief people officer, chief administrative officer. Meaningless. People officer. Monisha Harrell, Senior Deputy Mayor of Public Safety. Okay, you need that. Really? You got cops. Tiffany Washington, Deputy Mayor of Housing and Homelessness. They're not, how's she doing? That's working out. How's that working out for her? Pretty busy, huh? (laughs) Greg Wong, uh, Deputy Mayor of External Relations. 
BS. <laughs> Jeremy Rocca, Chief of Staff and General Counsel. He's a lawyer. Mark Lau, Chief Operating Officer. Jesus. ADM Emery, Deputy Mayor. Tim Burgess, Deputy Mayor. They got two Deputy Mayors. Dan, this, is, this is for where? This is Seattle. Seattle. Uh, Dan Etter, Director of Policy. And Jamie Hewson, Director of Communications. And finally, Internal Affairs Manager Ann Maher. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Remember the other day I told you there's a magazine apparently devoted to these theater members mm -hmm. called Government. It's a it's a it would be their trade magazine. Right. And they had a very upbeat, boastful article about Miami naming the uh what the hell was her title? Chief Heat Officer. Mm. And 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 so you're in the industry. Yep. You know, you're on the playbill, yep. and you read this, and you go, damn, they, that's a good one. They thought of heat officer. So now, given the current weather conditions, imagine how many other cities will try to come up with a heat officer. And in St. Paul, they could double it and come up with a cold officer. <laughs> Chief heat officer. She'll tell you when it's hot. Yep. If she comes into work. It might be too hot for her to come into work. Rendering the chief heat officer useless. Yep. Portland. Now I'm gonna give you all staff members. I'm, I'm gonna give you all something to think about during the break. <laughs> and you don't have to blurt anything out if nothing comes to you. I've been talking to a fellow who's reasonably sane, and he thinks the Canadian forest fires are indicative of something going on. Hmm. I'll just leave it at that. And I, I let mine go with that, and I've come up with a dark prediction about it. Oh, good. Because Canada has had forest fires before, but they've managed to control them better than this. Something is going on. Just dwell on that for a moment, and we'll come back with John Height. You know, in this state of doom, then why don't you get your finances in order and go with the best? That's North American Banking Company. They're my new bank, and they should be your new bank as well. They have six locations to serve you. My store, store? location is yeah. in Roseville, but you can also see them at 50th and France, Hastings, Woodbury, Shoreview, and their new location over there in Maple Grove. North American Banking Company offers the same online and mobile banking options as the other big banks, but with the service of a community bank. And they are locally owned and operated, which means loan decisions are made right here in the Twin Cities. And this helps business owners solve problems and expand their business with confidence. When they first opened back in 1998, they made a promise to deliver a better banking experience for their customers where you know your banker, and of course, they know you. While a lot has changed since 1998, this commitment to being a true community bank right here in the Twin Cities, that has not. So, check them out online today. Go to nabankco.com, nabankco.com. That's the website, and check it out. North American Banking Company member FDIC is an equal housing lender. Logic Town Council member. Here's what you're missing. I have some words about this cocaine deal in the White House. Cocaine. Da, 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 da. All right, let's you not sing. Down, down on the ground. Cocaine. You knew this was gonna happen.
happen? You said that word. No, I'm singing. Why am I doing no this? No snow, no show. <laughs> My mom got mad when she heard our band practicing cocaine. I said, oh. no, Mom, it's about how bad cocaine is. Don't worry. <laughs> you lied to your mother. You're going to hell. Yeah, that's been well established. <laughs> Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. I dragged a bunch of dirty old Sodak bugs home on Sunday. The windshield, the grill, the bumper, all blanketed with bugs. It was really easy, though. A couple blasts of sea foams, uh, bugs be gone. And a couple of minutes later, a couple of blasts just from a water hose. And voila, the bugs are gone. Bugs be gone makes scrubbing bugs off your windshield. The front bumper, easy as pie when you spray it on. It breaks up the sticky bond of bugs and crud with the surface, and then you easily wash it away with a garden hose. Obviously, now, Bugs Be Gone, of course, safe for all finishes. Non-toxic, water-based formula. It leaves no film or haze when it drives, and we can use it on pretty much anything. Cars, trucks, campers, motorcycles, boats, uh, your golf cart. Yeah, any it, anything organic, it'll work. You just spray it on, wash it off, bugs are gone. Just another wonderful product for our vehicles from our fine friends at Seafoam. Anybody come up with anything on the fires? Um, my theory is they're just too remote. Well, two-thirds of the country is forest. The other third's covered by Fred Smoot. Ooh. <laughs> and my, my theory might have nothing to do with Canadian wildfires. But the... The ingredients are there for somebody, whether it's Biden or whether he wants to take marching orders from the U.N., to try their hand at a climate emergency and order you <clears throat> to stay put. Oh, God, don't even say that. Well. Well, if it was going to happen anywhere, I mean, tr wouldn't Trudeau be... All for something like that? This nightly onslaught on the news alone of this is dangerous, this is unprecedented, these are the highest temperatures in the history of the world, which we don't know that, that can't continue without someone deciding to do something about it. They can't do anything about it. It's nature. It's the sun. But they'll, they'll before we get to John, let me, let me read a quick email. Joe, it's warm. No, it's hot. It's going to be hot because it's late July in the Northern Hemisphere. Guess what? As you get closer to the equator, it gets even hotter. Uh, after another weekend of being inundated by the hysterical media that every weather event is caused by climate change, I have reached a conclusion. It's an answer to a question you have been asking for years. What's the temperature supposed to be? It's really a simple answer. The, euphori the euphorians want the temperature to be average. Think about it. Everything and everyone in their eyes should be average. Academic test scores should be average for everyone. Income for everyone should be average. Anything below average is a problem, as is anything above average. Below average needs euphoria and assistance to achieve test scores or income. And above average is just as problematic. 
You must have somehow cheated or take advantage of someone else to reach that level. So it shall be with the temperature. If it's not average, it must be broken, and the euphorians are the ones to fix it. Hmm. I realize this is a fact-based show, but not necessarily a math-based show. Let me attempt to briefly explain how averages are determined. You need a range of outcomes above the average and a range of outcomes below to reach an average. For example, if the average high temperature on July 24 is 82 degrees, there will likely be a bunch of temperatures in the 75 to 79 range, and on the other end of the spectrum, a bunch of temperatures in the 84 to 88 range. Viola, you have an average of 82 degrees. It would be a very rare for the high temperature to be exactly to to be exactly the historical average each and every year. The same can be done with rainfall. After hearing years about the severe drought caused by climate change, we now have severe flooding caused by rain. Over a 20-year time frame, the rainfall has been average. It just rarely is the same amount each and every year. Our country's level of achievement has been spurred on by people not wanting to be average. They want to, be, they want to achieve to do better. In other words, we have made enormous strides as a society because we have been competitive. Everything the Mysterians strive for is to eliminate competition and thus make everyone the same. They aren't very good at competing, so they will fix anything or anyone who does not meet their standard of average. They are so egotistical that this mindset has spilled over into climate. Climate shouldn't have the ability or authority to change without consent from the, mysteri from the Mysterians. If you're not average, you're wrong. Good luck, Don Heideman. Pretty good point. Okay. Here's John Heideman. He just started snowing out of nowhere this morning. Oh, man, it's crazy. Y'all better pay attention to this climate control, man. This climate manipulation. That guy is a city councilman. Yeah. <laughs> in Washington, D.C. Here's John Heideman. Thank you, Joe. Uh, I did, before I get to the news, I went to Dick. I wanted to do some Dick Broker uh, investigation. He was I one of Latimer's guys. Yeah, well, I, I found his uh, obituary, and listen to this. Mm -hmm. Late 70s and early 80s, he helped launch the city's district energy system that heats and cools most of downtown, mm -hmm. was a co-founder of the Taste of Minnesota, helped the city get the World Trade Center, which became the Wells Fargo Plaza, helped save numerous historic buildings in Lower Town, and start the farmer's market, and led the entire effort to redevelop the riverfront. Mm -hmm. So one guy did that. Meanwhile, we have how many? You've got or 12, no 13 who don't do anything. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's hyperbole. They don't do anything. They're at home and they're getting a check. Mm -hmm. they, they weren't dick broker. What's and broker? because the buildings are empty, the tax burden will fall to homeowners. Who lives in St. Paul again here? I don't. I live in uh, Wyoming. Yeah, well, Wyoming, that's right. You moved. Right. I forgot you yeah. moved. Yeah. I moved to Wyoming. <laughs> in news, an arrest in a Minneapolis cold case. A 66-year-old has been arrested in connection with the murder of Robert A. Miller 39 years ago in South Minneapolis. Russell, uh, excuse me, Matthew Russell Brown of Angleside, Illinois, has been charged with second-degree murder and first-degree burglary, according to court records. Officers back then responded to multiple 911 calls from an apartment on Girard Avenue South around 2.30 in the morning. Happened on July 17, 1984. When they got there, two women ran out of the building. One had a bleeding cut on her face, the other unharmed but extremely distraught. 
The women told police a man had broken into the apartment and attacked them with a knife. Inside, officers found the body of Miller on the floor in a pool of blood. Autopsy determined that he died from numerous stab wounds to the face, head, chest, back, and shoulders. Investigators saw the apartment's kitchen door, which led to a back exit that was open, determined that was likely how the suspect got out. They also found blood they believed came from the suspect. DNA analysis, of course, since then has improved greatly. During the past eight years, MPD investigators on the FBI's cold case task force worked with the BCA forensics lab to identify DNA found at the scene, and that led to Brown being identified as a suspect. According to the criminal complaint, investigators obtained a plastic cup that Brown had used in March of this year. The DNA on the cup matched the suspect's blood left at the crime scene. FBI agents and Minneapolis homicide investigators interviewed Brown, who was living in Illinois at the time, back in early June. He was arrested on his warrant in Illinois until he could be extradited to Minnesota. He's now been charged in connection with that murder from 1984. I lived... One block from there. Hmm. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Thanks for letting us in. Yeah, no, you're you're welcome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. 34-year-old man is admitted to the armed carjacking of a preacher who is handing out water to the homeless on Lake Street in Minneapolis nearly two years ago. uh, (laughs) That's bad juju right there. Mm. 34-year-old Dwight K. Eaglehawk of Minneapolis pleaded guilty in U.S. District Court to a federal account of carjacking in connection with the stealing of the car. The plea agreement between the defense and the prosecution noted that federal sentencing guidelines call for him to receive a prison term ranging from eight and a third to nearly ten and a half years. However, judges do have full discretion and sentencing has yet to be scheduled. The preacher was in a parking lot near the former Kmart on Lake Street handing out bottles of ice water to the homeless. When the man approached him and asked for two bottles, according to the plea agreement, Eagle Hawk then brandished a rifle, demanded the preacher's car, and drove away. A rifle? A rifle, yes. Warrant was issued for Eagle Hawk's arrest. He was taken into federal custody back in July of 2022. His criminal history in Minnesota includes three felony drug convictions and two convictions for fleeing police officers. A crash up here uh, in uh, my area involving four separate vehicles, including an ambulance and a motorcycle, sent the driver and passenger of a motorcycle to the hospital with serious injuries. It happened Saturday right around 5 o'clock, the intersection of Highway 65 and 109th Avenue Northeast in Blaine. An Alina ambulance headed north on Highway 65 had its lights and sirens on. However, the ambulance was then canceled while responding to that call. The report goes on to say staff inside the ambulance then got a separate call for service and once again activated lights and sirens and the driver of the ambulance tried to turn right, not left, Mm -hmm. which he was going to start with, to head east on 109th and hit a northbound Harley-Davidson. The collision then resulted into a subsequent crash with a Honda Odyssey as well as a Subaru Forester. The driver of the motorcycle identified as 57-year-old Jeffrey Aggie as well as his passenger, 58-year-old Loretta Aggie, both the Vicente were taken to HCMC for life-threatening injuries. The report says neither Jeffrey nor Loretta were wearing helmets at the time. Uh, this isn't the first time there's been incidents in that area. Uh, safety upgrades are being planned for Highway 65. The state has invested more than $100 million for the roadway through transportation and bonding bills for a project that's been discussed for more than 20 years. As of now, the plan is to put in four overpasses on Highway 65 from 97th Avenue 
to 119th. Is 65 also, does it begin its life as Central Avenue? Yes, yes that's it does. correct. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll have some more news for you, but first, let us hear from Mr. Mikulski. Thank you, Johnny Cake Ridge Road. I want to tell you about Minnesota Masonic Charities. Minnesota Masonic Charities is a wonderful outfit, and they want the knowledge of what they, the programs that they participate in to be out there in the public. Everybody thinks this is always behind closed doors, and there's a secret handshake and the secret meetings. Absolutely not. They want you to know that they are front and open with everything they do. So when you go to their website, minnesotamasoniccharities.org, you'll find out about all the scholarships that are available. And right now, if you want to nominate someone, this would be the right time to do it. We want to do that right now because of the fact that they've got deadlines and you don't want your student or whoever you're nominating to miss out. Several different scholarships to choose from. Go to their website, mnmasoniccharities.org. That's mnmasoniccharities.org. They do wonderful, wonderful uh, procedures for all these people. They're giving them money. They're helping kids that their speech and therapy as they grow old. And I want you to be part of it. You can donate. They'll take donations. I'm going to give you their website so you can poke around and see all the great stuff that they do. They want the word out, and Garage Logic is the way they're doing it. MNMasonicCharities.org. That's MNMasonicCharities.org. From high atop the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, we're celebrating 30 years of Garage Logic. Things in part to North American Banking Company. Did you know they still had lepers? Uh, I didn't know. I thought uh, thought leprosy was long gone. I didn't think. I thought it was cured. It was an old bit. I, was, uh, I guess in a warm spot in my heart, I, I thought that it had been. I was hoping for that. A guy named Baba Amte, a follower of Gandhi, mm-hmm. uh, whose dedication to helping lepers of India brought him the Templeton Prize and many other international awards, died Feb 9 at his shelter for leprosy patients in the western India state of Maharashtra. Rashtra. He was 93. And the, the cause of death was age-related ailments, which I would imagine stands to reason, huh? Take 93. Amte, who was trained as a lawyer, turned from an early life of hunting, playing sports, driving fancy cars, and writing film reviews to working with the poor of his country. But his... Direction was irrevocably determined by an encounter with a destitute leper. Mm. After that, he gave up his Wait. father's... I would imagine most were at that, would be at that point. Yeah, you know, maybe his life wouldn't have changed this way if he had met a really wealthy leper. <laughs> or one while he's writing the movie. Review. Right. What do you think, you know, Ambu? You know, there's. it seems to go hand in hand, unfortunately, that you know, if you have leprosy... You tend to be a little short of cash. Throw me a little cartoon bubble of the no. uh, the shelter built for the... Uh, no, no. Now, this is a good guy. This guy did I know, an... but I'm just seeing a, a waiting room mm-hmm. of a lot of gauze. Yeah. See, now, it might be peculiar to my upbringing, but uh, I, we, uh, lepers were always in, my, in our consciousness. <laughs> but, right? You know, they only... Came up usually during church at the Bible. Sure, leprosy. Uh, the good, but it was among the many, many uh, items of voodoo that was uh, tossed at our feet. 
was the leprosy deal. And uh, and I always, you know, I saw the gauze and the, the bad cane. It was never fresh either. The, the gauze seemed to always... I saw dragging feet. <laughs> I did. Well, you, as a kid, you get a cartoon bottle. Well, and you, I'm not you know, far, but this is what was burned on my, you know, just the kind of the. <laughs> well, what I always wondered, I always wondered is, well, you know, it sounds bad. I got that. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. I'm in, I'm in with the bad. I, I buy I wanna, it. I want to cure it. Um, here's my quarter. I'm in. But I always wondered. Well, why? And I'm serious now. Yes. I always wondered. Well, why did the conditions of maybe that's seriously now? In all seriousness, yeah. maybe that's what got to this guy. Because I always wondered why did the conditions of treating the lepers have to be so bad? In other words, yeah, leprosy was always associated with a completely rundown hive. <laughs> Yes, I don't think you're speaking out of school. This I, is, I, the majority I, of us raised in America. God forgive me. I'm I'm not I'm not I, I, What you're I, laughing at is that your own cartoon bubble as a child that has stuck with you as a That's it. It has it has not changed no, from got planted. You stick your head out, ask height, because he was raised the same way. <laughs> you know, you it it was among the many, you know, hey. Look out! You know there's leprosy. Be good. Yeah, and that was always that. That was bad. That the lepers were always associated. with Well, the you know what? Uh, hats off to this fellow. He uh, apparently turned away from his father's huge estate, dedicated himself to the service of lepers. To the end of his life, he worked, marched, and protested for better treatment for them and the rest of India's least powerful. In addition to the Templeton Prize, which he won in nine. I always saw an extra bucket of <laughs> fingertips. <laughs> and the janitor cleaning out the end of the clinic. Okay. Oh, you lepers. <laughs> you could pick up a finger. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh. Go straight to hell. No, I'm not even. It's just that was. No, I'm not worried about you. I said I I don't care where you go. (laughs) I always thought in the Bible too. The lepers. They always got there early. Well, you you seem to have a Bible connection. That's the only. I'm seeing Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I'm seeing Hawaii thatched hut rundown bad. Seeing where they put them all. They yes, honest to God, what did they do? Why? I saw a lot of downtime on Leper Island. It was, you know, it was like you took the bad ferry. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the, uh, I'm seeing Marty Feldman. (laughs) Took the the bad ferry. The bad, the crummy ferry that had, like, tires attached to the front. (laughs) 
Well, hey, you know what? Uh, God uh, bless yeah. this Indian fellow. What does it say? He you know what? He had a this leper advocate. <laughs> Call the leper hotline. I I apologize. Leprosy shouldn't do that to me. It's not a funny thing. You're going old school. <laughs> You know, you wouldn't see that in the I, doctor's it, office today. He's got leprosy in a person. Now, 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 I'm telling you something. This is generational. <laughs> because the kids I used to have uh, all went to the same type of schools I did. They don't have this. They didn't get this one. <laughs> they didn't. You know, it's... <laughs> it's a not a good disease. This guy was an advocate for better canes. <laughs> he, was, he was sick of it. He was <laughs> at least give him good canes, people. But I, I, that's that's what all I remember was. Okay, there are people afflicted with this, and we're to pray for them. And I get that. I yes. got the whole deal. But why do they have such bad hospitals? <laughs> What, you know, you're what, gonna, you're gonna what difference, see, what difference did the illness make? Why couldn't the hospital be nice? That's it what I, have been I nice never, well, and they, apparently that's what this guy thought. Amen. Okay, here Amen. we go. 30 Years of Garage Logic is brought to you by North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. To learn more, go to nabankco.com. Join us all summer long as we look back at 30 years of GL memories. Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. Uh, just it might be my opinion, but for me, without question, Moon Motorsports. Yeah, nah. This I'm gonna just mark this down as fact. The most exciting showroom in the region. That's a fact. Uh, and they have many of the models that are exciting to us. Mid weight adventure bikes. Some of the most exciting and popular rides around today. Lightweight, fun to ride. Can take you anywhere. Gravel roads, no problem. A lot of fun. Moon has all the models we want, like the new Husqvarna Norden 901, uh, the hard-to-find KTM 890 Adventure R, and, of course, as we've mentioned before, the Triumph Tiger, uh, the 900 Rally Pro. These are wonderful motorcycles, and even better, starting this week, Thursday, the 27th, Moon Motorsports having their first-ever mid-season inventory reduction sale. It's the savings opportunity of the year. Visit the Monticello Showroom starting this week, Thursday, the 27th, and you can see all these deals for yourself. And you know what? You can check out all the bikes, the quads, the side-by-sides, everything at moonmotorsports.com. The inventory reduction sale starts this Thursday, Moon Motorsports. They're just off 94, 25 minutes west of the Twin Cities and on the web, moonmotorsports.com. In other news, Israeli lawmakers uh, on Monday approving a key portion of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's plan to reshape the country's justice system despite massive protests that have caused some chaos with Israeli society. The vote came after a stormy session in which opposition lawmakers chanted shame and then stormed out of the chamber. It reflected the determination of Netanyahu and his far-right allies to move ahead with the plan, which has tested the social ties that find the country rattled the cohesion of the military and drawn concern 
from its closest ally, the United States. This overhaul calls for sweeping changes aimed at curbing the powers of the judiciary. Protesters who come from a wide swath of Israeli society see the overhaul in general as a power grab fueled by personal and political grievances of Netanyahu and his partners. In the vote, lawmakers approved the measure that prevents judges from striking down government decisions on the basis that they are unreasonable. With the opposition out of the hall, the measure passed 64 to nothing. More mass protests are now expected, and the Movement for Quality Government, a civil society group, immediately announced it would challenge the new law. Earlier demonstrators, many of whom feel the very foundations of the country are being eroded by the government, blocked a road leading up to the parliament, and big mall chains and some gas stations closed their doors in protest of the passing of the measure. Further ratcheting up the pressure on Netanyahu, thousands of military reservists have declared they will refuse to serve under a government, taking steps that they see as setting the country on a path to dictatorship. Israel does not have a constitution. I didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be uh, your year, you said, Joe, and this week the House will be flooded with talk about UFOs. It's going to happen this year. We're going to find out. And unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAPs, as a House panel gets set to hold a hearing on the increased sightings of such objects. Yep. Frustrated lawmakers are demanding more info on UFOs and UAPs, which grew as a topic of discussion after an Air Force veteran and former member of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency claimed the government is holding back info about UFOs. That person is David Grush. He's among the witnesses slated to testify. The hearing titled Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, Implications on National Security, Public Safety, and Government Transparency is set for Wednesday at 9 o'clock our time. Boy, oh boy, I can't wait. I wish I'd see one. What would you do if you uh, saw one? They're gaslighting us. Watch it. Just look at it. And listen to the sound. It's like old school UFO. John, what's your opinion? You've never really said one way or the other. I, 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 I don't, I don't know, Kenny. I don't know. How's that? It's arrogant I, to I think just, that we I, are the only people that can do this. I, I think I There's would agree with Rolf when, when he when he says that. I would agree with that. I guess I just I don't really have. Feelings. What about uh, the one I like? It's us coming back to say hi to us. Yeah. Oh, Fermi theory. Interesting. You know, where is everybody? Where is everybody? Yeah. As a Catholic, yeah. was I taught that it's just us? Why? Why couldn't God have made? Never came up really in the teachings. Okay, because I never, I never remember being. No, it's only us. He just made the world, and that's it. Yeah, but the world uh, wasn't made exclusively for Catholics. No, right. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, what are our teachings? I don't remember being taught. Matthew, I don't either. What if there is no heaven above us? Oh no. I'm trying to think. Imagine. Or hell below us. You, are you doing that John Lennon communist song? <laughs> you yeah. are. Yeah. John, he's doing Imagine. Yeah. Uh, in other sky news, a massive fireball lit up the sky over the south as a meteor shower had some fearing it was time for Armageddon. The end. Cool. The end. This is of the end. <laughs> 
reports of more than 50 sightings across Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Florida. A massive fireball flying through the sky were recorded by the American Meteor Society. Witnesses said they saw the bright falling objects lighting up the sky like fireworks Friday morning around 4.30. Multiple recordings of the bright burst of falling light showed flashes of green, blue, orange, and yellow. In Alabama, one witness said the meteor nearly brought everyone in the area to tears. Quote, I've never seen anything like it at all. This was no shooting star. This was something much bigger. Uh, It was reported that witnesses across Louisiana caught a glimpse of the mysterious meteor, some theorizing that what they saw was indeed alien life touching down. One person said of the footage, that ain't no meteor. That's an alien ship warping into our space and time. Another person with that person joked, UFO must have stopped to get himself a pole boy. Well, I told you one of my I told you one of my theories is money. that maybe they're dummies. <laughs> they, you know, they get here and they remember the yeah. one in Vegas and they, hey, yeah. Roscoe, What's get off the roof. Here? You know, <laughs> yeah. wandering around up there, they don't know what they're doing. Right, or yeah, that could very well be no social kid, skills. None kid aliens who hijacked a, a UFO and just don't know what right. they're doing. Right? Yeah, they, the, they were the, supposed to be home by ten. The yeah. Uh, yeah. equal of a Kia. Yeah. Flying saucer. Yeah. You know? yeah. There you go. Easy to get in. In fact, that was a start. stolen flying saucer <laughs> yes. that they were in in Vegas. <laughs> Twitter rebranded to X.com today, but the transformation of the social media website had some hiccups. In the early morning hours on Monday, X.com was not redirecting to Twitter and instead was showing up as a vacant web address. Several users reported X.com redirected you to a GoDaddy landing pad for websites instead of Twitter. As of about 7 this morning, our time, X.com was redirecting to Twitter with the new logo, but the platform remains unchanged other than changes to the brand's imagery. Twitter owner Elon Musk announced the logo for Twitter would be changing in a tweet on Sunday with a video of the new logo and a message saying that the platform would, quote, bid adieu to the Twitter brand, saying, and soon we shall bid adieu to the Twitter brand and gradually all the birds. The change in branding at midnight on Monday was celebrated with the new X logo being projected onto Twitter's offices in San Francisco. In discussing the rebranded X yesterday, Twitter CEO Linda Yaccarino said the rebranded social media platform would go further in transforming the global town square. Do you have any uh, figures, John, on the box office success of the... It's my uh, next story, well, John. I'm, 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 I'm prophetic then, aren't you I? You can see the future, can't yeah. you? Yep. What are the Barbara, Mega Millions numbers going to be Only for if Wednesday? he has his glasses on. Yeah. yeah. Barbenheimer was a big hit for the movie industry this past weekend. The social media-fueled fusion of Greta Gerwig's Barbie and Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer brought moviegoers back to the theaters in record numbers this weekend, vastly outperforming projections and giving a glimmer of hope to the lagging exhibition business amid the sobering backdrop of all the strikes. Warner Brothers' Barbie claimed the top spot with a massive $155 million in ticket sales from North American theaters as the biggest opening of the year and breaking the first weekend record for a film directed by a woman. Meanwhile, Universal's Oppenheimer also soared well past expectations, taking in $80.5 million. That marks Nolan's biggest non-Batman debut and one of the best-ever starts for an R-rated biographical drama. 
It's also the first time that one movie opened to more than 100 million, another movie opened to more than 80 million in the same weekend. When all is settled, it'll likely turn out to be the fourth biggest box office weekend of all time, with over 300 million industry-wide. The only real casualty, Mission Impossible, which, despite strong reviews and a healthy opening weekend, fell 64% in Weekend 2 because of the Wow. Overshadowed by the uh, glow of uh, Barbenheimer, as well as the blow of losing its IMAX screens to Oppenheimer, the Tom Cruise vehicle added $19.5 million, bringing its domestic total to $118.8 million. Okay, to echo Patrick, why are the Republicans mad at Barbie? How can you get mad at Barbie? What's, with what's can... to get mad about? What? I don't well, understand how, it. How, how, just ignore it. Yeah, it's just a movie about a doll. What, Who what's cares? What's the problem? Yeah. Let it be. I'll see. Okay, John. So what land on. are they yeah. in? That's what I, you know. Come on. Give me the land. Is it's there... uh, Barbie Town. Barbie Land. West, I believe. It is. Barbie. I think it's California. I'm hoping. Yeah. Barbie Sunny. Logic. They live in Barbie Logic. Barbie Logic. <laughs> uh, did you goofballs even mention, I wasn't here Friday, did you mention Tony Bennett? You know, to our great shame, we did not. You... You. And I apologize. As no, soon we, as we were done, Joe said, we forgot Tony Bennett. We yep. saved it for you, John. Oh, thanks, Kenny. That was Anthony very kind of you, Benedetto. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, he died, uh, we found out Friday morning, at the age of 96. I don't, I don't even know what to say. I mean, there's just, you know. I have a question. Yes. It's well known that Tony and uh, Lady Gaga were friends. Yeah, they made two they recorded together. together. Were they more? No, no, Ken. Than uh, friends? No. Why don't you go get your hair dyed you, you white? Just, now you, you just, look exactly you, see, like Ken. I swear all the time <laughs> at Rook because he turns musician obits into something stupid. And I'll, yes. look what Kenny just did. Yeah, look at that. Look, look what Kenny just did. I think it shows me a great deal about Lady Gaga, to tell you the truth. Yes. That I think she's a serious. Uh, she was before she started wearing meat dresses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's she's yeah. very very talented. Very talented. Plus, if you saw any of the clips of them together as he started to have dementia, oh, she was uh, fond, she was, wasn't she, she fond? Was, she was. She had a very carefully crafted image, um, and we didn't find out about her until afterwards. And she hooked up with uh, Tony. Kenny, you when's know, the last he time appeared you put at Mancini's? <laughs> He said he had Mancini's. At Mancini's? Tony Bennett did, yeah. He did? He did, he did what? Oh, Nick, yeah. Oh. Well, all those oh, Italians, they, you know, yeah, look out for each right. other. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Kenny, when's the last time you put on the meat dress? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you, noticed, while, huh? you noticed I wasn't there Friday night. Right, right. People Although the, the first thing that came to mind was the SNL skit where he's talking into the buzzer. I love that. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Uh, Frank Sinatra said he was the best singer. Yeah, really? he did. Yep. Yep. In the '60s, he said he's the guy. He's the guy that can do it. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, Tony Bennett. All right, One thank you, John. Oh, sure. But unless you have more, no, that's up to you. I got more. No, but... we're good. We're good. Speaking oh. of a meat dress, well, whoa, you're not going to find that at Grunhofer's. No, but you're going to find meat. Okay. The world's best meat emporium. And what a grilling stretch we're, we're upon right now. And I hope you get to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's on Highway 61, just north of Hugo. And it's in Forest Lake, just east of 35. 
See, the 35s come together. I don't have to say 35E anymore. Right. And so if your cabin journey takes you that route up north on 35, swing off at 97, fill the cooler with Grunhoffers, then get back on the road, and you're back up at your cabin. You'll eat like kings for the whole week. Burgers, brats, steaks, pork shoulder, ham, double-smoked bacon. Uh, What else do they have? Well, they have everything. Seasonings, cheese. They have cheese. Stuffed chicken breast with all Stuffed different flavors. Stuffed chicken breast? All sorts of different What's flavors. What's in it? Oh, you might have different ingredients. You might, it might be uh, oh. uh, a ham and blue cheese. Oh, or, all sorts Chase. of different. Great flavors. Great oh, flavors. Chase us. Yes. That sounds fantastic. But the uh, Follow them on Instagram because they're very Instagram savvy, and they always put features of, of what they're featuring that week. Now, you were raving about a burger earlier in the show. Does it measure up to Grunhoffers? Um, Red Cow does agree with um, Spencer up there and has a better mix of ingredients. These aren't Spencer's not using some wasted old thin cow that's on its way to the glue factory. <laughs> no, no. This is he steak. Is, he is using the good stuff. And Grunhofer uses only, only Minnesota beef grown by Minnesota's farmers. So you're getting the best. You always have gotten the best at Grunhofer's. And uh, everybody's still heading up to the lake. Load up the cooler. People come from out of state to load up their coolers. Yep. Guy rode his Harley from... Tennessee to go to Grunhofer's and load up the cooler and head back. It's a it's a national phenomenon. It's I've got some sad news for you guys. No, really sad Uh-oh. news. This is why you have to follow them on Instagram all the time. This week's special half off of meatloaf. Oh, now meatloaf. through July twenty third. Oh, it, it ended, ended yesterday. yesterday. That's why you got to check them out every day. So you're saying that uh, an Instagram uh, search. For Grunhoffers is always helpful. Uh, Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meats is their uh, tagline on uh, Instagram. All right, very good. It's Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo and Forest Lake. Justice and the Souchere. Truth, justice, and the Souchere. How about, uh, let me ask you something. Have you been given bad advice about your retirement savings? We told them, max out your 401k. The Wall Street Casino loves to roll the dice with your hard-earned life savings. But the only thing Wall Street guarantees, they always get paid. Whether you win or whether you lose. I want you to check out something that's going to help you out. Bank on yourself. I want you to check them out. I'm going to give you their website, but listen to this. Guaranteed predictable growth and retirement income with no luck, skill, or guesswork required. Your plan doesn't go backwards when the markets tumble. Both your principal and growth are locked in. Want to learn more? Tax-free retirement income? You know that your tax rate will be in retirement zero under the current tax law, which protects you from the coming tax tsunami. You're in control, baby. I want you to check this out. Right now, you can get a free report with all the details on how the bank on yourself strategy adds guarantees, predictability, tax savings, and control to your financial plan. Just go to bankonyourself.com slash garage. That's bankonyourself.com slash garage. One more time, bankonyourself.com slash garage. What you're going to learn there will surprise you and is going to benefit you. 
When do you, when is the next time you do a a, a a spot about your trip to Croatia? Tomorrow. Uh, probably tomorrow. Escape with us vacations. Well, I don't want to save this. I want to do it now. I had dinner last night with the CP's nephew. Okay. Who whose wife, whose wife's brother lives in Croatia. Okay. So the oh. nephew and his family, the two boys, they went to Croatia a couple of weeks ago. He said it was a trip of a lifetime. He said it was truly, truly an amazing place to go. I've heard that from somebody upstairs here. Yep. Uh, I've heard that from my two sisters and the yep. GLers that went on the trip last time. Loved it. There's only three cabins left, though. Well, I know this won't affect you because you guys probably aren't getting off the boat. Well, you will at, we at, port, in port. Yeah, yes. But they went on uh, kayaking adventures that were incredible. Oh, wow. Interior of the country. It's and, beautiful, I'm told. Yeah. Uh Vice President Kamala Harris was accused of stoking a sick lie about Florida's black history curriculum, claiming that Florida is replacing history with lies. Uh, they want to replace history with lies, Harris said at the Ritz Theater and Museum in Jacksonville over the weekend. Middle school students in Florida will be told that enslaved people benefited from slavery. Okay, let's stop right there. That was the buzz capture of the story all weekend long, right? Did anybody mm -hmm. see that yes. besides me? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's slavery. You benefited from slavery. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. there's more to it than that. It's nuanced. Critics have been quick to argue that vice president's claims are a misrepresentation of the curriculum standards. Well, let me go backwards. The no, the don't say gay controversy. There's no written language in Florida that says don't say gay. That's that's not that wasn't true either. So, uh, which were approved by Florida's education department last week. This is a sick political strategy that Harris is trying to do because she knows that her voters are not going to take the time to actually read the curricula of the <laughs> Florida standards, which are some of the most extensive standards that I've ever seen on teaching black history. Exodus Institute founder Kali Fontanilia, who is also a former California teacher, said, I read them last night and they're actually beautiful standards, she continued. She's taking one line and misrepresenting it in order to gaslight her voters. It's very obvious to those who are actually taking the time to read it. But to those that aren't going to take time to do the research, this is going to eat up. They're going to eat this up like candy because it's impossible to defend. The new social study curriculum states Instruction includes how slaves developed skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. That's an indefensible. I mean, if you right. just take that one line, you, you're going to condemn the Florida Education Department, right? Yep. And I wouldn't have any trouble joining you. In but I haven't read the complete standards. So I don't know in what context that line was offered. Uh, or or could the argument be made that there's just no room for that line at all, no matter how good the standards are? Okay. I, I, I think that's a reasonable question. Is that line necessary? Right. No. 
Uh, you hear that the word benefit and you think, oh, no, Florida standards are saying that slavery was a benefit. And this is absolutely false, Fontanelius said. That's not what the standards are implying. They're just simply saying historical facts, which is, again, what the left is trying to do. They're trying to, re- to do a revisionist history. Uh, CNN conservative political commentator Scott Jennings called Harris's claims fabricated during a Sunday panel. Okay, so CNN had a guy on ripping Harris. I didn't see this. What is amazing to me is how little Kamala Harris apparently has to do uh, that she can read something on Twitter one day and be on an airplane the next to make something literally out of nothing. This is a completely made-up deal. I looked at the standards. I even looked at an analysis of the standards in every instance where the word slavery or slave was used. I even read the statement of the African-American scholars who wrote the standards, not DeSantis, but the scholars, he said. So the standards were written by black Americans. All right? Okay. Everybody involved said this is a completely fabricated issue, and yet look how quickly Kamala Harris jumped on it. So the fact that this is her best moment, a fabricated manner, a matter, is pretty ridiculous, Jennings said. Rebecca Nathanson, who is a chapter chair for Moms for Liberty, accused Harris of peddling in, peddling in cynical lies during her speech addressing the state's social studies standards. I'm more than satisfied. I think Vice President Harris is showing Americans once again that she's uninformed and she's peddling in cynical lies in order to stoke anger, she said. Well, it's not hard for me to believe bad things about Harris. Right. Harris is a, a complete idiot, and and she knows just enough to know that to, to point out that line would would gain her great favor with the Mysterians. Right. And, and like they said, her constituents aren't going to do the research. No, they're just just taking... yesterday in the state of Florida, they decided middle school students will be taught that enslaved people benefited from slavery. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not stand for it. Well, she's doing the gaslighting. Yeah. She's gas. That if we're to understand this piece, and I, rookie, feel free to acquire those standards for me. I'd like to read them. Uh, Florida Department of Education standards on uh, black history. Who, uh, they, who wrote they, the piece you're reading, Joe? It's a Fox News piece. The conventional news gatherers aren't going to cover this. Unless it's to give Kamala Harris the platform of saying, look at what they're trying to do. They're trying to tell you slavery had a benefit. I, but it I, sounds like an opinion piece. Is it written by someone? No, it's uh, it's just Fox News. Uh, Bailey Hill. Bailey. But it doesn't say opinion. Well, Fox obviously is going to take the Fox spin, which is... Wait a minute, is there more to this than meets the eye? And apparently there is, but I don't know what that is. I am perfectly comfortable without knowing anything that's saying, and again, it was written by black scholars, but I'm perfectly comfortable if if we want to agree that you probably don't need that line. Yeah. So let's say a slave learned a trade, blacksmithing, for example. Well, what good did it do the slave? Right. Maybe when the slave was freed, he, he ran the local blacksmith shop, but probably not in Mississippi. 
so I don't know what uh, I, I think the line itself does create uh, a problematic reaction because given the way we consume news in this country, that line is the only line we know about the standards. That's the only line we know about the standards. Agreed? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned the Exodus Institute. Yeah. Their mission statement, our goal at Exodus Institute, are to provide families with a quality alternative to public schools and support homeschool families with enrichment courses that foster critical thinking, academic skills, and counter the left-wing indoctrination found in education, culture, and the media. All of which I find true. It's a left-wing indoctrination. Yeah. But the only thing I now know about the Florida black history standards is that one line. It's the only thing I know. Oh, my God, they're teaching that slavery had benefits. They're really good at gaslighting, um, accusing others of gaslighting while actually, in fact, they are the gaslighters. Mm -hmm. Section .68 AA2. Analyze events that involved or affected Africans from the founding of the nation through Reconstruction. Now, there's a couple of different things. Explain. This is what this uh, build or whatever does. Uh, explain early congressional actions regarding the institution of slavery, i.e. the Northwest Ordinance of 1787, Three-Fifths Compromise Act, prohibiting importation of slaves in 1808. Jump down to two. Examine the various duties and trades performed by slaves, agricultural work, painting, carpentry, tailoring, domestic service, blacksmithing, transportation. Benchmark clarifications. Instruction includes how slaves develop skills in which, in some instances, could be applied for their personal benefit. So this is from Florida State Academic Standards Social Studies 2023. Um, right from the Department of Education. Can I throw something out? Mm-hmm. You're wondering how it benefited uh, being a blacksmith. Um, my guess would be it kept him from, I know it sounds like a cliche, but it kept him out of the fields picking cotton or digging weeds or whatever, right? Yeah. Wouldn't I, you say blacksmithing so, would be... So, so they had that going for him, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, you're a slave. Uh, there's there's no benefit. Right, and if they point out that, look, this was important because it kept you out of the slaves, then you're just ripping the hell out of this poor saps who got stuck being in the cotton fields. Right. They didn't. Right. I think it, I, I don't know this. I'd have to read the whole standards. Rook, I can't believe the standard is just that. There well, must be page uh, after page after page of standards. You uh, happen to find the right I'm sure. paragraph. Why, why are we so afraid to admit there were different levels of slavery? And obviously working in the house would be better than working in the field, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But I, I still I, say. Why are we afraid to say that? Well, you're still a slave, though. I mean, that's right. You're you know. still a slave, so it, it it sucks no matter what. The calluses just aren't as heavy, mm-hmm. but the abuse is still there. the uh, The one point on which we have some consensus is that the only thing we know about the standards is that line. Yeah, because it was instantly politicized. 
and it plays well to the left to condemn the right as though the right wrote these standards. They did not. DeSantis did not write them. I'd like to know the black scholars who wrote them. In yeah, fact, Google that, Rook. Who were the black scholars who wrote Florida's Department of Education standards on slavery? I've been trying and to And I think that, that there are those who are unable to see what can be. Um, but there are many more who are able to see what can be unburdened by what has been. What? Wait, what in the hell is she talking about? That was an old clip. I know it was. Who are the yeah. black scholars that wrote the state of Florida's Department of Education standards on slavery or on teaching slavery? That's a long Google entry, Joe. I know, but he's almost done with it. And you hit enter. Yep. And does it do any name? Let's see, which states who? Uh, William Allen and Francis Presley Rice, both members of the working group that developed the new guidelines, said in a statement Thursday that the new language regarding slaves, uh, so they were not merely victims. Okay, we don't know yet. Hang on. <clears throat> Florida introduces. If I find it, I'll chime in. You can understand that, that oh, how do I say this? I, never mind. I can't figure out how to say it. Florida students deserve to learn how slaves took advantage of whatever circumstances they were in to benefit themselves and the community of African descendants, according to a statement from Allen, a political scientist, and Presley Rice, an author who co-founded a nonprofit dedicated to raising awareness about the roles of African Americans that they've played in the nation's history. Did you say Presley Rice? Presley Rice. Well, for all I know, these are great standards. For all I know, this is a look at slavery that's uh, going to be unique. Uh, I, I mean, if you've got black scholars telling young black children, look, here's the way it was for your ancestors. Some of them became blacksmiths, some of them became furniture makers, some of them became carpenters, some of them became painters. Uh, is that wrong for a black kid to hear that? I don't think they're saying slavery was okay. Right. Well, the, the common... Within the context of being a slave, here is what happened. Right. If you don't jump on the, I'm crazy, they're talking about slavery was, was, was great. They're not saying that. Some slaves did benefit because they came out with a trade. Did uh, does Florida has podcasters, don't they? <laughs> I'm going to let them uh, take this, let them handle it. And we must be honest about that to understand then our history, where we've been, and then have a North Star in terms of where we must go. Then why do you want to change all the names of the stuff that was wrong? That tone is so condescending. My God. That's when you talk down to people, right? I can't yeah. even hear what she's saying because of the tone. Um, there's plenty of interviews available, and I've watched and listened to a bunch of them on YouTube, of former slaves being interviewed in the 20s, 30s, and um, and it's all in the, uh, the Smithsonian Museum. They mm -hmm. have all these tapes, mm -hmm. interviews, mm -hmm. readily available right there on the Internet. Only... 
because they come to us all the way from Fernandina, Florida, the villages, from the traveling linemen. It was on this day. Joe, today is July 24th. On this day in 1786, geographer Joseph N. Nicolet was born in France. After traveling by canoe to Lake Itasca, that makes the presumption that he was in a canoe all the way from France over here. a long river. Probably came over on a bigger boat. (laughs) After traveling by canoe to Lake Itasca in 1836 and to Inyansa Capi, a pipestone quarry sacred to the Dakota in 1838, he published a map of the upper Mississippi River's drainage system in 1843. Well, very advanced. Mm-hmm. And on this day in 1998, 724. I remember this. Picture Isla Borders oh, yeah. of the Duluth Superior yeah. Dukes was the first woman to win a men's regular season professional baseball game. The Dukes beat the Sioux Falls Canaries. Three to one in Duluth. Now, didn't Isla Borders? She played here too, didn't she? For the she? Saints, yeah, yeah. Saints. Yep. She started, started, with, started the with the Saints. Patrick says. Thank you. Yes, she st- <laughs> she started with the Saints and apparently then went to the Duluth Superior Dukes. Right. Whatever. Congratulations, Isla, and thank you, GLers, uh, Florida podcasters. You take over. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's John here and I want to tell you how you can eat stress-free this spring with Factors, delicious ready-to-eat meals. You can get their fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. Weekly menu of 35 options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. And they use premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus for the no-fuss meals. And get rid of the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Just heat and serve. My favorite, the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken. Customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Head to factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 and use code GarageLogic50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code GarageLogic50 at factormeals.com slash GarageLogic50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Florida. You know, if you do want to find a Florida podcast, go to PodMN on your smartphone. PodMN on your smartphone and you will have that library opened to you. Also, and open to you right now, and a freebie, it's subscribing to Garage Logic on your YouTube. YouTube will accept your subscription at no charge. Subscribe to Garage Logic on YouTube. We will hit you up for a little $10 a month fee or $100 a year for the town council. If you want to join and be part of the goings-on, the outgoings, and the ins and outs inside and outside of those breaks, well, you just sign up. Go to garagelogic.com and sign up for the town council, and you will be in the know. Go Zone.